I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll pod when we want. We'll pod when we want. We're all the roast. We'll pod when we want. Hello, everybody. Um, I don't really know why I'm starting off the pod on that note. Uh, how you doing, Raj? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty decent, mate. Pretty decent. Um, it feels just like three months ago we were doing this. <laughs> <laughs> just scraping off that rust. Jesus. Um, you're an old cunt as well now, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's even harder for you now, mate. You've got that sort of, like, cognitive delay that kicks in. I was always 20 years older than my actual age, so it's it's Fair. sort of, yeah, it's, it's all cut up with me. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll ignore the rigmarole of having to sort of teach ourselves how to do this again and jump uh, in. There's a bit to catch up on. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I don't know. I think behind the curtain, the people need to know that it's literally taken us about 45 minutes to get the pod set up for recording. It used to take us all the 30 seconds as well, which is the truth, and uh, that's vaguely embarrassing. I forgot a password, and then I logged into a wrong account, and then I didn't know how to set the software up. It's been a, a long old time since we did this, but I'm happy to be back. I spoke to you on the phone earlier, and it's, it's, uh, it's reassuring that, um, you know, hearing your voice again and everything. I know. Like I said, it's like a warm embrace. Ellie. It's like a, it's like the 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 hit of a nice single malt scotch, you know, yeah. on a, by a fireplace. It's not as if we haven't spoken to each other for six months. It's just that we've been texting and and what have you. So, uh, you know, life takes over when you know you successful video producer, me, uh, published author, published books and author. things. Yeah. So it's um. It's been a been a while, but you know we've got we've got a bit of time now to kill. We started from the bottom, now we're back <laughs> at the bottom. Here we are. Yeah, I, I'd like to think of it more as you know when a really big band just comes out of nowhere and drops a surprise record, and you're like, oh shit, it's whoever it is. Yeah, this is this is us back. We don't have to you know do it you know whenever with everyone else. We're better than that. This is like when those EPs they make on a, on a holiday, like you say, they'll just get like a little Zoom recorder, sit around with a few acoustic mics and an old synth and be like, yeah, it's just, let's just drop this, you know. Yeah, yeah that's what we're doing. And that's, 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 that's the touch of class you get with Roll the Roost. You know, we're not, we're not constrained by any capitalist agenda uh, <laughs> other than Acast, whose adverts you probably heard at the top end of this. Um, that's just because we don't have the money to set up our own <laughs> <laughs> dash can't be asked anymore yeah um, right when is the last time we actually did this have we got a date <sighs> too long ago mate too long ago it has been too long we said it would be a, a small break because we were actually were busy do you know what it's yeah. September Jesus yeah 
29th of September. So that's October, November, December, January. It's been almost six months, five months. As a catch-up then, right, let's, because, you know, we've had a lot of talk about the Wembley curse, how much everyone else has paid. Exactly, all this stuff. How are you feeling about Tottenham season so far, where we are? Reasonably happy. I think we we said if we challenge in a cup and keep in the Champions League, then we'll be happy with our lot. And I think that's as we're doing the the Champions League's been a really nice surprise this year. We're we're batting above as average, and you know it feels like that first season back in the Champions League. We won a fucking group with Real Madrid, (laughs) innit? Yeah, we battered Real Madrid. I don't care how their domestic form is. We battered Real Madrid. We did, and Borussia Dortmund twice. Yep. Um, So it's. You know, it's no, um, it's not a mean feat. It's been really good. I mean, Harry Kane's gone up another level. Uh, we've seen Delhi Ali getting sucked off. Uh, it's been an eventful <laughs> time. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, it feels Davinson nice. Sanchez is the absolute boy. Yeah, should we should we go through the squad then? Because we, we yeah, really do need to it. catch up. Should we literally go from one to whatever the squad ends at? Should we, should we start on what I feel is potentially going to be a negative? Then I guess. Are you? Gonna say nasty things about Hugo Lloris? I think that it might be perceived as nasty, but I've still got a lot of love for the man. I'll start it on that note. All right. So, what are, what are the drawbacks you've seen from him this season? I just think is I think he he's he's dropped off a little in his quality, but by his own benchmark that he set, his very own high standards. Yeah. I think he's been beaten at his near post probably about four, five, six times this season. Is that because um, the goals at Wembley are bigger? Yeah, <laughs> dear God! It was a it was a genuine because it was a it was a pure moment of innocence. I was like, they look bigger, you know. And uh, I just liked because it was one of those Stonewall like, no, the goals don't change size at any point, Jack. That, no, I think I, no, because I I got what you meant the first time, but I had that moment of myself where no, he, he has said something silly here, and I was like, no. The, the goals stay the same size. There's my own thing of like, are the goals a different size at Wembley? But no, um, no I, I don't I know just with Hugo. I mean, he's made one or two high-profile mistakes, but I think a lot of a lot of high, uh, you know the top-end goalkeepers are. I don't think there is a such a thing as a faultless goalkeeper anymore. I think you you sort of have to take the high sides with the low. And I, I still think if you were to do that. Um, Almost cliche thing of trying to see, you know, does he win you six points a season or whatever? I still think it, you know, his average is higher than his Absolutely. losses are. And even now, if he has gone down a step, he's still by far the best goalkeeper we've had in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's 31 years old, so he's probably coming into the second half of his career because obviously goalkeepers go on for a lot longer. So he's not as sprightly as he will have been once, he's not as youthful. And I can see. He's making decisions to sort of um, counteract that, and it, it, there's definitely changes in approaches in some area. But I think one of the things that seems to get to him the most is when the backline changes, um, because we do and we are now swapping lot between a back four and a back three, and the personnel in there isn't as settled as it once was. Touch on Sanchez, he drops in now. Eric Dyer plays in there sometimes. Aldo World's been out. His only one constant really is Jan Vertonghen, yeah. because the fullbacks swap almost every game as well. So I think that's slightly unsettling for him compared to where he had been, for example, last season, where it was you know almost definite who was going to be in there. The four 
you know, Rose Walker, Aldo Earl and Vertonghen were a given. And if there was an additional one, then there was an additional one. But it wasn't anything more serious than that. So there is that to it, but there's still there's still nobody else I would rather have in goal. There's nobody else that I can realistically see Ingles being able to purchase who are, is will be enough better than him to make that a, a move that I would I would want to do. So it's one of those where it's a a rich man's problem starting to complain about Hugo Lloris. If I'm being perfectly honest, it, it definitely is. It's it's you know in this kind of like I think there is a there's a part of my perspective here that's been skewed by the fact that we've suddenly been a team that's missed out on the title marginally in two seasons consecutively now. Yeah. You know, and and you do start to look at football in a slightly different way in so much as when you are criticising players, you're not criticising them in quite the same way as you were once upon a time. It's not saying this guy isn't good enough for Spurs as an entity. This guy isn't a good footballer. Yeah. But sometimes when you're looking at if we're trying to be one of the top teams in the Premier League and we're competing against a team like Manchester City, as we are now, a team like Manchester United, these finer margins, as ridiculous as they sound, mm-hmm. you kind of have to hone in on them a bit. Um, but like you say, with, with Lloris, the, the, the other sort of thing I fall back onto with this, and this is part of my own like thought process as well behind this, and it's why I don't let myself sort of run away with it too much, is who do you replace him with? Like, literally, who, who do we replace Larissa with? People say Butland. To me, not in the same ballpark as Larissa. Nowhere close to him. Pickford. Pickford's supposed to be, like, the great white hype. Uh, you know, I think we've not seen that so far. Probably Harsh is a very young keeper. He's probably got a lot of, you know, good years ahead of him. But still, he, he's certainly not doing what Petr Cech did at a similar age in the Premier League to suggest that he's ever going to be of that sort of quality. Yeah. Um, People mention sort of names like Oblak and other sort of random kind of keepers. I'll be honest, don't know enough about them. Don't He's, know how Oblak's yeah, a fantastic goalkeeper, but uh, you know, it, it would be a sideways move for him to come to Tottenham. And the only reason he would come to Tottenham is if we were able to guarantee him guaranteed Champions League football, which we're almost in the position to do, and a, a significant increase in his wages, which we're not yet in the position to do. And we're, you know, we're slowly getting there. It's a that's probably an argument for another day, but it's and again, I don't think he's that much better than Larice that he would um sort of he would justify the amount of money that would need to be spent on him because it'd be over forty, fifty million pounds. It'd be a record Tottenham signing. And I'm not sure with Hugo Larice there whether or not that's a position that, that needs that attention. There are there are other places you would rather spend that amount of money if we had it to spend. This is a really good point as well. Yeah. You know, is 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 it an urge? I, I, fair enough. If Michelle Vaughan or Paolo Gazzaniga was our permanent number one, oh, yeah, I would it. say, yeah, Panic we'd chuck, yeah, exactly. You chuck 50, 60 mil at a keeper. When you have Hugo Lloris in there and you think, all right, he's conceding your goal at his near post, frustrating as it is at the time in the wider picture, as a club that is basically in a position to by one player of that sort of value per window, you, we're not going to lump that on the keeper yet, are we? So, no, yeah, no, no. Here you go. It's, 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 a, it's a position for another day. If he, if he was to deteriorate significantly again another season, then you might look at it. But he still has performances and still makes saves that are of the very highest standard. 
Um, and as soon as that goes out of his game, then maybe it's a conversation worth having. We know what his high points are, his reactions, and the fact that he he's very comfortable organising his defence and coming out of goal are, are still things that he does very, very well and better than almost anybody else on the planet. The things that he's still terrible at are the things that we've always known he's terrible at. He cannot kick or pass a ball um, at any level or... or you know, uh, it's awful. So, it, like Vorm's kicking. The the only thing like about is when he's there. Well, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because when Vorm comes in, I, I do think his kicking is better than Larissa's genuinely, and Vorm's not that good at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, you don't have the same um, confidence in him as you do when no. Hugo's in goal. But as I I wrote a couple of seasons ago, complaining about Hugo Larissa failure to kick the ball is sort of like finding out your soulmates with Miss World but you break up with her because she puts the milk in her tea first and that's and that's something that really upsets me people who put the milk in the tea first I find it really freaky and don't understand why anyone would ever do it but you learn to to live with it don't you yeah you learn to live with it don't you Mm. yeah yeah I guess we we can get past that we can get past that well we have done for for long enough just you know, make him play it simple or lump it down the middle long. Don't try and do anything fancy. Because um, it's on the occasions where he tries to be too clever for his own good that he gets caught out. When he tries to play a little dink or something clever, he ends up fucking it up because he's just not good enough. And, you know, you pick your battles and you learn what you're good at and what you're not. So, you know, that's that's sort of, you know, what we've got to do there. There's, you know, he's I'm perfectly happy with him, to be quite frank. Right. Kieran Trippier and Serge Aurier. Like, let's top line on either, either one of these boys. How have you found Aurier so far? He, he's the, the high side of him is really high and the low side of him is really low. And the only yeah. reason that is the case is because I genuinely think his IQ is a negative. Um, <laughs> he's the only footballer I've ever seen that appears to be in lobotomized. Um, and that's in, you know, we, we had enough problems with sort of his behaviour before he came to the club. And when you see how he acts on a football field, you sort of understand why. Uh, because he, you, you always feel like there's a red card there, don't you? A red card or, you know, him thinking that goals are different sizes at different stadiums. There's, there's that level of intelligence to him. Um, he He's concerning that, but... He, you know, in sort of the home game against Real Madrid and, and other games, where I think uh, the home game against Liverpool, where he get where he got put on the left to deal with Salah cutting in, are examples of when he's really good. He's obviously really quick. The athleticism's there. His willingness to go forward is obviously a real high. And if Pochettino gets a chance to work with him over a season or two, then we've seen how he can turn sort of poorer seeming plays into world beaters. And you wouldn't count against him doing it again. It just it might take a little longer because you know there's nothing between his ears. Yeah, he. I feel like Pochettino. It feels like there's the raw materials there for Pochettino to make him a fine player. And a lot of the similar criticism was levelled at Carl Walker at first. Right, people said he was quite thick, and he managed to cover that. So you do feel like there, there could very well be a player there in Oria. I'll, I'll be brutally honest. I've I've been a, a lot less impressed than I thought I would be with him. Um, I, if I'm if I'm being brutally honest, I tend to just about on balance still feel more comfortable when Kieran Trippi is there. And I know that's probably not the me a popular opinion, but I just I I don't know. I just feel that a little bit more comfortable with Trippier. And I think Trippier is a very very limited player. I think he's 
I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people make out, but I do still think he's severely limited. However, here's the thing with Kieran Trippier: his highs yeah. are a lot higher than Arias, but his lows are a lot lower as well. He's mm. because he's a middling player; he's a safe seven to eight player when he's on, when he's on song. Yeah, there's less of a worry that he's going to shit himself in the manner that Aria can and has done in the past. That away game against West Ham, for example, he put us in all sorts of trouble for no good reason. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Um, so there is that. It's it's sort of just deciding is the risk with Aria with the reward and knowing if that's going to be there or not. So it's it's a it's a strange one. I'm I'm glad that they're both there. It's there's no bad thing having that sort of a um that sort of competition. And um, you, you've just got to know sort of who's going to be number one in the big games. And I'm sure that will be, make itself more evident when we go into the latter stages in Champions League and what have you. Again, like we touched on at the top of the show, I think both players are of a quality where you could easily see them commanding a place in a lot of teams outside the top six or seven in the league, to be honest. So... Yeah, it kind of shows you their their quality, really. Um, that's that's a place in the sort of match day squad, not automatically in the starting lineup. Of um, at left back, obviously your boy Ben Davies and the snake Danny Rose. <laughs> have you have you forgiven Danny yet, mate? Um, not really. There's there's not the love that was there previously. Um, and he's he's not been as good. There's not, you know, no. Uh, you're he's carrying a bit, to, isn't he? Yeah, he's not managed to get a consistent run of games together. Um, ben Davies has quite frankly been better than he has for a little yeah. while now, and that's because Danny Rose has regressed and Ben Davies has gotten better. Um, and Rose just seems to be in this weird halfway house now, where if he was performing to the level he was performing at before his injury, then you might be more willing to forgive him and sort of see the high side of having him in the squad because he was the best left back in the country, but he's no longer there anymore. Um, so it's it's almost where if somebody's silly enough to come in and go, he is 40, 50 million for Danny Rose, you go, what, you, you can have him. We can reinvest that money elsewhere in somebody who's younger, somebody who's less injury prone. Ryan Knowing Sessignon. That, yeah, Ryan Sessignon would be fantastic. He's He's absolutely brilliant. He plays higher now than he has previously so he's not actually playing left back as consistently I mean is he doing a bail a bit he's already done the bail but there's no at his age there's nothing against moving him back there and training him back there even um, what's his name uh, Kyle Walker-Peters played really really well against um, um, Newport in the away game he was one of the only good players in the first half against them he got taken off somewhat unfairly I'd have actually taken Kieran Trippier off myself um, but, you know, we've got other players there who seem more positive than Rose does at present. And it's almost as if that has come to its natural conclusion. There was a, a time where he could have come back from that interview and he's made sort of the right sounds and, and said the right things post that to to almost try and forgive himself. But the performances on the field haven't been good enough to do it. So you you would see that as a position in the summer where you take the money and you reinvest and you know you give him to a, a Manchester United because I, I don't see him hurting us in that position to be honest I, I feel like we take 30 mil for him now maybe even 25 
in this inflated market, you had you had a bit of tax on that, if, especially if he's going to a rival. They've got bottomless funds, as they've shown. So I wouldn't accept anything less than 40 for him because that's what they previously wanted to pay and that's what we stand as ground on. He's, he's got a long contract as well. Mm. Um, so if he's not happy with that, we can loan him out further down the league and you can go and prove your, your fitness. It, um, it does feel like it's he's got one foot out the door, though, doesn't it? It, it yeah. doesn't quite feel right. No, it hasn't done for a long time either. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. Let's not let's not dwell on that though. Anyway, we've done, we've done that one to death. It would be nice to though, yeah, to get some back up in that position. So uh, there we go. Um, Jan Vertonghen, to me, he's he's having an imperious season. The man's hitting his peak now, and he, he for a couple of years he has, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a majestic footballer. There's not yeah. much more I can say than that. I I think he's with Toby Alderweireld on missing for yeah. as long as he has been, and with him having to play next to Eric Dyer, who still doesn't mm. know his best position, and Davinson Sanchez, who's a young kid, clearly has an incredible future in front of him, but isn't the finished project yet. He's doing an incredible job because he's he's the only consistent part of that defence other than Hugo Lloris. And he's holding it together almost single-handedly. He deserves to be in the conversation for Tottenham's Player of the Year just because mm. he needs the acknowledgement and deserves the acknowledgement for how good he is. Because, you know, he used to be one for a rash challenge. That seems to have gone out of, out of his game now. He's a bit older. He's constantly there. He's constantly the one that's making the last-ditch challenges if they need to be. But also, at the same time, he still knows when to step up and make the difference going forward if he has to. He is one of the best centre-halves in the league and the fact that people don't recognise him as such is, is a tad insulting if I'm being honest well, it's startling isn't it I mean I saw a bit of like because I mean he did get he got sent to the shops by Salah the other day but you know this he, is Salah should have never got that far in that yeah. move and also I mean Salah's tearing the league to pieces the guy's in the form of his life at the moment you know it's what it's what he's doing you know it's it's just what he's doing it's Jan Vertonghen, it's not to say... He it doesn't have take another choice in that position either, because if he sticks a leg out, uh, you know, he's a brilliant player. Down. He's still a brilliant player and it doesn't take away from that. Salah's another brilliant player, or at least a player in spectacular form at the moment. These things happen. Well, but Salah the, was taking the piss yeah. out of Serie A before he came here, so it's not as if he's he's an unknown quantity and being no. very good. No. Unless you're Chelsea. No. Toby Alderweireld is Toby Alderweireld. We, yeah, we haven't had much of a chance to see him in, in action this year, really. Um, It'll be nice you, to have him back. Yeah, do you worry at all about the contract stuff, just very quickly? Uh, slightly. It's not good that it's dragged on this long, but uh, I, I would back the club to get it done. I just think they're, they're trying to get the best deals for themselves, but once it it comes down to crunch time, then I think they'll, they'll find a way of keeping him at the club. Because I actually think he wants to be at the club. The only way he... He improves on that as if a Barcelona come in for him, which yeah. is probably the natural move for him. And I don't. But it's think... him and Jan, though. Surely, surely he knows the hmm. the partnership he has with Jan Vertonghen and how invaluable. Because to me, you know, Peter, I, I see a lot of comparisons between the two of them, and I've been guilty of that in the past. But I actually feel now, you know, what they are actually just. I don't want to compare two halves them. Of a to whole. me, that's it. That's hmm. what they are. You know, they they just with those two, there isn't. At the moment, I don't feel I don't feel there's a better centre back pair in, in in Europe at least. You know, I can't I can't. They're, they're, well, they're well in the conversation for definitely, yeah. yeah. And Tottenham are a stronger team when they're both there as well, because we get to have that fluidity of being able to change formations and everything. I actually think our strongest team is three at the back with Alderweireld, Vertonghen and Sanchez all in there. 
because all three of them get to do what they're best at. Vertonghen gets to go forward a little bit more. Toby has the range to knock a few 40-yarders if he fancies it, and Davinson Sanchez can run through a few attackers and literally run them off the ball without being scared of you know being left behind. Um, I love him, mate. I really do. Yeah, he, he has this knack of... He doesn't tackle. He... he Escorts people off the ball just brutally. It's it's fantastic to see. He's, he is going to be a huge player in in the future. Oh I mean, dear God, yes. At, at his age and how good he's been already, just um, it's it's going to be fantastic. I mean, even um, Juan Foyth as well. When we've seen him in, in little bursts, yeah. he looks like a player as well. Yeah, I quite like him. In the future, uh, you know, once Jan and Toby get a bit older, if we naturally sort of progressing to having a back two of Sanchez and Foyth, then I think we're in good hands as well. One of the things I've seen that, that has irked me quite a bit in terms of the the criticisms of Sanchez and, and Foyth as well. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Completely neglects the fact that you know these guys are these guys are centre backs. So at centre back as a position by default, your errors are always going to be so much more damaging. Really, they are because of the the, the, the position you occupy on the pitch. A centre back kind of not tracking his man properly will generally result in a goal. Whereas a, a striker that hasn't run the line properly and moved into space appropriately, it it doesn't show up as glaringly obviously. So I think there needs to be this understanding that these are still two very, very young players, especially for a position where, you know, they peak a lot later on in their careers, who are holding their own, Sanchez in particular. I'm, I'm, I'm astounded that he hasn't received more plaudits just from the wider footballing community for, for being a 22-year-old lad to show the maturity and just quality that he has so far. Yeah, he's had a couple of wobbles here and there, but... Not you know, not every young defender is is Ledley King. You know they're not. They don't just come into the league and look at home in it straight away. Yeah. And even Ledley early on in his career had a few wobbles. He he worked with Neighbour a lot back yeah, in the day yeah, to yeah, improve yeah, yeah. himself. And you know if if that's he, how they learn as well. Well, this is it. And I think the the way in which this is framed is bizarre. In that Sanchez is twenty two, yet we still have what John Stones who's twenty five, twenty four, twenty five. We've got Rob Holding at Arsenal, who's 24, 25. And their mistakes are often forgiven, like because they're seen as young defenders. And people are forgetting. Davinson Sanchez is outperforming. 
to me, I would... Da- Davinson Sanchez walks in City's team over John Stones. That might be a big call, but I feel I, I would be happier having Davinson Sanchez than John Stones in our defence. I can say that, like, honestly. And John Stones is somebody that's touted as being, you know, uh, whatever, uh, uh, an England international, a potential, a future kind of England captain or perhaps a captain at City. Yeah. But this is a guy that's still got years and a lot more Premier League experience than Sanchez does. I don't. I just. I think. I think Sanchez is a is a brilliant, brilliant footballer. And I, again, I do worry he might not be a player we have for very long. But I'll be happy for as long as we do. I, I, I say that more so not from pessimism, but knowing that Barcelona were very, very, very interested in him at the same time as we were. He's going to go for an absolute shit ton, though, when he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, I think I believe he came to us because he was guaranteed, you know, more action as opposed to being stuck in at La Masia and having yeah, to... Yeah, well, you know what? There. In this day and age, and in, in football being the business it is, that's exactly what Tottenham should be doing because we yeah. can't be buying the same players that Barcelona want, but oh. we can get the, the, the prospects that they fancy before they can and we can be better off for it in the time that we're here. If Sanchez gives us three, four seasons, absolutely fantastic. He will be, you know, brilliant in that time. And when we sell him on, given the market what it is, we'll be selling him for, you know, six, seven times the amount that he's probably worth. You know, we bought him for 40. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes for double, if he, you know, progresses at the the rate he has done already. Um, especially to a club like that who seem content on spending a shit ton of money on people. Yeah. Um, and then we can spend a tenth of that money on somebody else and be better off for it again. So that's the position in which we live now. We we know they're a bigger fish. We just have to be smart about it and we can actually game the system in doing it. And there's there's no shame in doing that because, you know, there there is a food chain and if you're able to manipulate that and, and use it in your favour, then... So be it, you have to be smarter if if you do mm-hmm. not have sort of a bottomless pit of cash, which even when the stadium is built, we won't. No. Even when we've got a huge ground and we're Champions League every single season and we're, we're, you know, going for titles every year, we still won't have the same pulling power as those clubs do just because, you know, it doesn't happen overnight and it might <laughs> never do. You just have to be a bit smarter than them, and if you if you do it smarter, then you know one year you can catch them out, and that's when you try and you know push forward and win your cups and things, and that's why, you know, I have no problem in in Tottenham doing what they're doing because, literally, it's it's the best possible version of ourselves. If if you're and no bias, honestly, <laughs> I I mean this with no bias. If you're Ryan Sessegnon. Yeah. You take a look at the the kind of the top level teams, the top level Premier League teams now that you can conceivably move to. Spurs is the best option for you. It's absolutely the best option for you. What for you what do is when you, when you go and sit down with him and his family and his agent, you take a print out of the England squad and you go, "Here you go, kid. Do you want to be part of this? This is where you come." Because it's not a given at any other club. You got uh, Manchester United. You might be scapegoated by Mourinho. You got a Chelsea. You might be on loan to Vitesse. You got a Liverpool. You're going to be part of a dog shit defence. <laughs> if you come to Tottenham, at least you know you're going to be trained properly, improve as a player, and actually being given a sniff of first team opportunities. And he's not making as big a jump as even Deli Ali did or Eric Dyer no. did. No, it's even more of a sure thing for him. So. He, 
he doesn't have to move out of London. There are, there are so many bonuses of him coming our way compared to anywhere else that it really does make the most sense of him coming here. And I think in England, we are the the premier place for sort of 18 to 21-year-olds to come and be better players. And I think if that becomes our USP, and we almost become what Benfica and Porto are in Portugal, yeah, um, and use it as almost a where sort of a halfway house for the world's next Messi's and Ronaldo's, then that's a fantastic place for us. I know there's some people who that might hurt their pride and they're like, oh, we don't want to be used as a stepping stone. But if you don't want to be used as a stepping stone, then we're going to be shit and we're not going to have the type of players that you want to have. And if you you if you lull yourself into a, a false sense of security with these players and don't actually acknowledge the position we are in with them, then you're going to be heartbroken every time one of them leaves and you're going to have a shit summer and winter every time one of them goes rather than going, you know what, he did well for us for three years and then he earned us a shit ton of money, which is exactly what we wanted from him. So but you I almost have also, to... Like, I mean, let's let's be real as well. You know, there's there's 50 years of narrative that surrounds... And just general living conditions that surrounds Barcelona and Real Madrid... Yeah. that nowhere else in the world has. As, as, as great as City are doing and for all their riches and for all the football and for Pep Guardiola leading the charge, in, in my mind, all of their top players still go to Real or Barca if firm interest is lodged. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just the way it is. Man United couldn't even hold Cristiano Ronaldo. You know? And that was when Man United were the best team in Europe. They were actually the best team in Europe when Ronaldo left them for Real Madrid. It's just there is a lure of those clubs. So as you say, if if we if we're a feeder club to either of those two, you know you're doing something right. You know it's yeah, it, it's 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 nonsense. You know there's nothing we can do, and that's that's just that's just the way it is. And we don't we don't have you know petrodollars that lots of other clubs do. But what's that done for Chelsea? You know, and as good as City look at the moment, what's to say that they're not going to do the same thing that Chelsea have done and yo-yo up and down? Every time, you know, Pep Guardiola is not a legacy builder. You know, he doesn't build empires. Pep Guardiola comes in, does what Mourinho does, you know, and shortly winds people up, winds up players, winds up people behind the scenes. That's not going to last forever. So, you know, nothing is forever. This too shall pass. I think it's better the devil you know as well, um, as far as we're concerned, because people always go, oh, leave you this, leave you that. That's the reason we don't have this player or that player or... Oh, what have you? I mean, I tweeted out um, tongue in cheek the other week. Um, it was a date on from seven or eight years after we'd bid thirty-eight million for Sergio Aguero or something. And it was only like a million or two less than his buyout clause. So it was clearly just Levy testing the water and going, "Oh, we'll look as if we're serious about buying this player, but not actually buying because we don't really have the funds. It's more of a PR stunt than anything else." People got their knickers in the twist over it, like, oh, we would have been the world's best team if we'd signed Sergio Aguero at that point. And you're like, you don't know. He may not yeah. have been ready for the Premier League at that point. It, it may not have come off. He may have left in a year because he was getting shit wages like Luka Modric was. It's one of those where you sort of... The thing that I'm most happy with is this is... Even though we're good. It's not just the goodness of what we have that makes me happy with it. It's the fact that we've got players like Harry Kane 
um, and homegrown players in there and people like Jan Vertonghen who've almost been there 10 years and a manager like Pochettino who you can really get behind and like that makes me the happiest I've ever been with Tottenham even though we've got fucking duds like Moussa Sissoko in the team and you know we're not entirely sure of what's going to happen there's always you know a fear of you know somebody's going to come and pinch his crown jewels and what have you it's still the happiest I've ever been as a Tottenham fan not just because of the success but the way the the team makes me feel and had we done things differently in the past then Harry Kane might be playing for Millwall now or still on loan at Leighton or this may never have happened and I think things always happen for a reason and I think we we did have to wade through the shit in an Andy Dufresne-esque manner to get to where we are now and I wouldn't trade it for anything um Even yeah. even if Sergio Aguero would have come and scored 50 goals one season to fire us to the most unlikely Premier League title in the world, we'd have probably then flattened again. We'd have done a Blackburn and, you know, be run by chicken farmers from India or what have you. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, um, it's one of those where I'm just, I'm aware of how, you know, being overly <sighs> sort of, Thinking the grass is greener elsewhere can just lead you down a path and and you know do you in worse than just being happy with your lot sometimes and mm. knowing where we've come from, having grown up through the nineties and us being shit and what have you, then if this is us for the next sort of five to ten years of actually being a decent team who competes in and out, maybe pick up a cup or two in there, then I'll take that. I'll be happy with as, it. As long as we don't have a Monaco style exodus or what have you, you know, and we keep. And it's it's not to say we're going to hold on to this exact crop of players. I don't think players. we will because we don't play in, oh, no. in France. And <laughs> exactly, and you know if we if we're bringing through players like Sanchez, so you know perhaps we perhaps we do lose a Deli Alley, but we bring somebody else in a, that can hit a different ceiling, or you know basically be of a of a good enough quality to see that we maintain the sort of performances and sort of team ethic we have done. As long as we keep hold of Pochettino. I mean, in my mind, we, we, we do win the league in the next five to ten years. Yeah. You know, we do. We just do. And not to sort of drum down the point too much, but one Tottenham title means more than any Chelsea title or any Manchester City title ever has because we've done it in a, in a far more reasonable and organised and acceptable manner than they ever have. And, you know, they That's might it. have these really pretty academies and big fortresses that they've built with their money and things but um, ours will be far easier to swallow and you know our ups will be far higher than theirs will because of it and even though people get upset when I say things like that because you know they they sort of they like to ignore that area of football just because they like to come you know concentrate what happens on the field which you know fair play if if you're happy doing that but if you have a look at the wider picture then I'm very much happy with where we are and, and what we have been doing because even run by Daniel Levy, we mugged off Real Madrid and we've got fantastic players and we're batting above his weight still and overachieving. So there's there's, there's a lot to be proud of still. Yeah, big time, mate. All right, let's go on to midfield. Let's, let's do it quick. So Eric Dyer, um, to me, you know, he's a, he's a capable squad player. I've been a bit disappointed with him this year. I think... Liverpool was kind of a great shot. It's still fresh in the mind, but not to be too knee-jerk. I, d- I did find you know his lack of press a bit worrying. It's something I've sort of noted throughout. His, his passing's a little bit off this season. 
I, I don't know if his head's quite in the game. He doesn't seem to know really what position he wants to go into. But, you know, I, I, to me, he's he's not somebody I want to sack off by any means. He's he's a he's somebody that can cover right back, centre back, defensive midfield, central midfield. That actually could probably might be his problem. Him. He might be yeah. a victim of yeah. his own versatility. Exactly. And that's it. And, you know, he, he seems to be one of the characters around the dressing room. He seems to be very well liked. So... Oh, yeah, as long as he wants to stay, as long as his head hasn't been turned too much, you know, fine, keep him on. But he's, I, I think perhaps his ceiling's not quite as high as I hoped or perhaps naively expected it might be, you know, getting caught up in the, in the sort of loving that we've had over the past couple of seasons for a lot of our younger players. I don't know if you he's only um, different on that. He's only six months younger than uh, Victor Wanyama and he's not as good a player. Nowhere near. Nowhere um, near for me. I think Wanyama wants his that, that's, that's astounding. I didn't realise he was he was Yeah. Wanyama's June ninety one and um Dyer is um fifteenth of January ninety four. So he's just turned twenty four. Uh, it's not six months, sorry, it's about a year. Uh, Wanyama's um twenty six and turned twenty six in June. So there is eighteen what is eighteen months a year? So it's not that much at all. Uh, between the two of them, they'll have been just outside of the same school year. Um, so, there's, uh, I'd put my chips on Wanyama if I had to. Um, Dyer will probably go if he doesn't settle into the first team somewhere. And, you know, that's one of those positions we'll have to fill again. Wanyama, he's, he's just an astounding footballer. Yeah, time. when he kicked the air out of that ball against Liverpool. Uh, oh, I, my God. I, I made a shriek I've never made in my life. It yeah. Actually, um, Honestly, people were in the pub. I watched in the pub. People were screaming, like, like just from that. You know, you know when, like, drill sergeants in the army shout so much, their voices yeah. go, like, so shrill and they actually mm. scream? That's what it was like. People just shrieking out of, like... Just sheer astonished surprise. Yeah. You know how you throw a hicks after you've been to a really good gig or a, or a <laughs> yeah. game and yeah. you know your your vocal cords are a bit tired and what have you. That's how they felt after one shriek after that goal. It yeah. wasn't even a I didn't say any words, it wasn't yes or wow or anything like that. It was just literally a it was almost like I'd done a, a Wilhelm scream from a film. if you'd have you know, saved it and put it into scream or what have you, it wouldn't have been out of place. It was just genuinely a, I didn't know what to do with myself because when he came up to hit that ball, I, I was imagining it was going to end up at Goodison Park and <laughs> the fact that it, it bent outside of the post and went top corner, it was um, ridiculous. Just, just touching on that game quickly, how brilliantly salty is that fan base, man? Oh, they, they couldn't I, be more upset, could they? Mate, I've seen everything from it being a Jewish-led Nike-backed conspiracy. <laughs> somebody uh, yeah, somebody like... went on there, John Moss, the wrong John Moss. The... <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking goon. Like... They leaked uh, Deli Ali getting uh, his willy licked as well, didn't they? As sort of retaliation, thinking that would but, end his career. But, but do you know what I mean? That's just nobody's, nobody's mentioned it afterwards. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like young, successful footballer is a bit of a shit shocker. Like, so what, it's just about getting a blowy. And if he's weird and I don't know, foot, sportsmen in general have a weird kind of lack of inhibitions when it comes to sexual practice, you know, like doing stuff in rooms with mates, filming them and all that kind of thing. It's all a bit grim and it's all a bit murky, but it's pretty much all of them. Like, Deli Ali is far from the only ones who have gotten involved in all that sort of a thing. So, you know, it's not 
really the sort of worst thing that you could come out with. It's no Kyle Walker sex tape, let's put it that way. Who's he who's he letting video that? Because, you know, there's it's one of his weird never, mates, isn't it? There's never any period in my life where I've ever wanted anyone to put me on film doing that. And he looks embarrassed in the video. I mean, it's ten. Well, seconds. he does his he does his weird little wave, doesn't he? Though. Yeah, and he's got the world's largest pubes I've ever seen. Um, he needs to see to them. But yeah, it's just a, a very strange thing all around. It's a bit of a weird one. Musa Dembele, how are you feeling? He's he's been Musa Dembele of old the past couple of games, hasn't he? You know what? I was speaking to me the old man about this the other day um, when he had a really good game. And the way I think about it is, you know, on certain games, um, you get a power bar and then you can use a special move. I think Moussa Dembele is our special move. And if we try yeah, and, try yeah, and yeah. use him too much, then we'll get knackered. He can't play twice in a week. He needs to be saved for the big games. It's, it's not quite to a Ledley standard yet, but if we're irresponsible with him, then... That's what it will be. It's almost like having a weekend car. You don't take it out to go to the shops. You only take it out when you know you're you're actually going to be motoring. And we need to be able to do that with him. We need to be able to have somebody who can competently cover for him in games that we should win without using our very best players. Um, And he needs to be sort of kept in cotton wool and and saved for those big occasions now. Because, you know, people have been slightly... Uh, premature with writing him off and saying he's finished and his body's done. Exhibit A. But he's sort of he's he's ninety percent there, and we need to make sure now that on this, you know, he is on the finishing straight of his career because you know if he picks up one more serious injury, then that could be him done. He he might not be able to get himself back from that. Mm. We just need to be more sensible with him, and I think we're a far better team when he's on song and in that midfield. There's there's no argument against that. We just need to make sure that, that he's available for those. So when we've got Swansea at home, he shouldn't have to play. Um, but when we've got Juventus away, he needs to play. That's the difference. Um, yeah. So I still think he's fantastic. He's not as important as he once was, but he's still in the best team that we have. And he needs and he's, to... he's still one of the like senior members of the squad, isn't he, really? So, yeah. Yeah, they obviously look up to him, a lot of the players. If you ever hear an interview um, with any of the Spurs players, they go out of their way to, to fawn over him, and they're mm-hmm. almost um, sort of in awe of how good he is. And the fact that we never see training is one thing, but they always pick, oh, who would you have in your team? Dembele, who's the most skillful or strongest or whatever they go for Dembele. He's, he clearly has a hold on the younger players and, you know, this is the longest he's ever been at any club now at Spurs. It's most appearances and and what have you. He's he's a, a mainstay here. I think he's happy here. He's happy in London. He's happy with his Belgian teammates. He just needs to keep himself sort of solid. To be honest, if I was his manager, I'd be having a word with him and go, you know what, you go to the World Cup this year. You have, you know, you see off this Belgian golden generation you retire after it because you're 30 now. And if you mm. want to still be playing when you're 35, you need to be picking your battles. You can't be turning up for, you know, international weeks and what have you. During those weeks, you literally need to be sat with your feet up and doing fuck all. Because if you're irresponsible with your own body now, you, you're on your way out earlier than, yeah. than you would before. Um, so, yeah, I would I would do that uh, and Did, say that Does he make now. their World Cup squad, do you reckon? 
I think so, yeah. I think he's, isn't he one of their captains or what have you? He's, yeah, 100% he's, how it yeah. works out there. They've got such a dearth of talent now. Yeah, but I still think he makes it. Well, I, I still think he. Death is this is a lot, isn't it? Can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, good, good. I would, um, yeah, I, I, I think he makes it. I mean, if he doesn't make it, I'm not going to be crying over it because it means that he's got a summer off. Um, but yeah, I, I still think he's he's got quite a hold on the Belgian team, and he's one of the senior players there as well. Uh, but it depends what Bobby Martinez fancies doing. Let's never, ever, ever forget that he he is a beautiful man. Oh, absolutely handsome. Yeah, he's one of the. I think he's one of the most underrated players in our squad, to be honest, in that front. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we're about halfway through the team. Do you want to? Should we hit a nail on the head here, and then we can record a second half of it at some point, either you know tomorrow or something, lunchtime or what have you, um, and we can just drop them out together because nobody knows we're doing this. People still think we've gone away, so this yeah. could be like a, a two-part surprise. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, because I know you've got to go get, go watch his lose to Newport in the cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, should we just record like a little outro to this then? This can be the outro. I've, I'm still speaking as if it's a podcast. I, I, we're, if we're going to take it. people behind there the we curtain, go, we can take people behind the curtain. This is an on-air uh, decision-making process. Yeah, let's do it that way. Nobody um, knows we're doing this. It's quite a nice little neat surprise. I do like it. Like you say, it's a secret, like a secret EP. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Part two, coming soon, bitches. (laughs) Hello, this is the official spokesperson of Rule the Roost podcast, text-to-speech. It is true, the hiatus is over, you can stop tweeting us now, you fucking needy cunts, I mean seriously, a couple of months off and you'd think we died, beggar's belief, anywho, part 1 was recorded last week, part 2 is yet to be completed, it will be soon, don't panic, pod soon come, trust, that's all for now, we'll be back, hold tight motherfuckers, TTS out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.